Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. Today, we have Rebecca Shea, or as she likes to go by, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hey, guys. How's it going? Going great. Thank you so much for being on our show. No problem. Awesome. All right, Becca. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, sit down with us and uh, talk talk to us about uh, about life, your business. And uh, we always like to start with just a little context about where you are, who you are, how you got started in real estate, and what was some of those moments that really transcended you from maybe what you were doing prior into real estate, and then fast forward to where you are today with your business. Okay. That was like 19 questions. That's it. So we'll start with number one. Who are you and where are you? (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm Becca Shea. I uh, have been real estate investing full-time for four years. Um, Before that, I was a mechanical engineer. Before that, I was a military officer. Um, Thank you for your service. Yeah. Um, I was pregnant with my third daughter and I was, I loved my old job. I did energy efficiency work, super um, cool stuff, but it was a national company. So I was always flying to job sites um, and there was a ton of travel and just to like level up to the position I was in required, you know, I couldn't scale back at all. Um, Wasn't their fault. Just wasn't the lifestyle for me. So um, my husband and I said, you know, we talked about flipping houses. Let's give it a shot. Um, so I flipped one and it went really well. I had a partner on it. I partnered up with somebody. I borrowed money from friends and families, you know, like got as many people to believe in me as I could. I think that deal was like, we bought it for 40, 40 or 50,000. We put 30 or 40,000 into it and we sold it for 130. So at the end of the day, we profited around 40 grand. Wow. Um, my partner and I split it 50, 50. And then we were like, you know, still good friends, but we're like, let's, you know, go do this on our own. <laughs> Great. Um, so then I flipped three houses that first year and six houses the next. And then I set this giant goal and I was like, I'm going to buy a house a month to flip. And that was in 2016. And uh, then I joined seven figure flipping with you guys. And I sat in a room with people just crushing it and was like, Oh man, my giant goal is so small. (laughs) (laughs) No. Tailored to the person. If one, if one deal a month is like, is like a super big goal for you, then go with it. That's more for, that's more for the listeners out there for you, Becca. I know you can do better. Yeah. (laughs) And if I hadn't done it, like setting that goal and I accomplished that goal allowed me to set a bigger goal the next time. Like if you would have told me, so this year I'm on track to flip about two, maybe three properties a month. So we're, we're looking at like 24 houses this year and I've reluctantly drank the wholesaling Kool-Aid um, just because that's the only way I can make sure that my rehab pipeline stays full. Um, and I've sport ventured into rentals. But if you had told me four years ago when I started, hey, this is where you're going to be in four years, I probably would have like peed my pants and went and hid in the corner and been like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you said the wait can you edit that out <laughs> yeah, yeah one of the key factors here is you said okay I, I i have an idea in mind i want to make it happen i don't quite have all the the pieces to do it but hey let me 
find a partner. And let, let's talk about this for a minute because a lot of people, yeah. they, they just, they'll, they'll get paralyzed by that first part. You're like, okay, I want to flip a house, but I just don't know how to do it. So I'm not going to do it. You said, okay, I want to flip a house. This sounds like a great idea. I want to make this happen. So maybe I can find a partner. How did that partner just push you into that first one or help you just get into that first one? Yeah. At first it took a lot of the scariness out of it. Um, so I had at the time, um, I don't remember how much of our own money we put in, but, um, I think at that time it was just my money. So I had like $60,000 and I was living in Florida and I started reaching out to people and I knew that my one friend had a chunk of money. And so I actually approached her and I said, here's what I want to do. I did not know like what she, what her plans were. So here's what I want to do. Do you have any interest in like lending me money to do it? And, um, she was like, that sounds really interesting. And we started going to some Ria's, some meetups together. And she was like, I think I want to do this too. Like I, I'll give you the money. I'll match your 60,000. And can we do this as partners? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, and that actually just made it super cool because, you know, you have to, you have to evaluate so many deals, right? So like I would look at deals and she would look at deals and we were both going and seeing houses and it was kind of like whoever finds one first, we'll go for it. She found this one on Craigslist. Um, we went to see it. It was like cat pee hoarder, nasty house. And we were like, yeah, <laughs> best house ever. <laughs> and, um, you know, Let's talk about that. So why, why, why may be that the, the best house ever? Cause who, who is that scaring off and how does that, you know, and it, it takes a certain person to say, well, this has potential. Um, so I hope you can edit things. It might get a little loud. <laughs> Fine. So just, just to give everybody a frame of reference, Becca again is a mother of three. three. So, yeah, so, and it's summertime, so sorry. Summertime. They, no, they, they, nothing to be sorry they, about. We have, yeah. we actually have our nine-month-old. She doesn't start daycare until uh, till next month. So she's actually with us. So you might hear her as well. Very good. This is real. <laughs> We're keeping it real. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. This is this is real uh, investment with, so family uh, first with Becca Shan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that why was that house a good one? Um, what what Danielle and I like lacked in knowledge, we made up for in grit, right? Nice. So we knew that we were going to do this. We were strong, capable women, and um, and we knew it would scare off other investors. But I also knew price where it was. I mean, the guy who sold it to us, he was like, "This will be gone tomorrow." You know, bit of sales, but I believe him after how many we had seen. And we were like, "Nope, we'll take it." We like wrote him a deposit right then. We went through to closing and. Yeah. So you don't know what you can do until you do your first one. Yeah. So why, just just wondering, why did you want to expand that partnership? Was she just not the was not the right one to be in? Because we were just we were just talking about partnerships. Oh yeah, yeah. So she was actually great, um, but even as that one started to come to a close, that one took a little while. I think we bought it in September. And, uh, and a foreign buyer bought it and we ended up not being able to close it until March, even though we put it on the market in like December, wow. so we didn't close it until like March, maybe beginning of April, I think. And by that point we were waiting for our money to come back, but we were both looking for other deals. I had already found another deal. I'm not sure if she had, but we, you know, we basically both said, look, we can do this. Why don't we support each other? But we're going to go our separate ways. And then I leveraged off of that first successful flip. 
I sent a letter out to all my friends and family and said, Hey, here's what I just did. I want to do it again. I have 60,000 and I'd like to raise 60,000. Would any of you be willing to take a chance on me? $10,000. I think I offered 12% interest um, to anybody for an unsecured year long note. Um, basically a business loan to me. Yeah. And I said, the first five people that sign up, I'm looking to raise 60,000. The first five people will get an extra percentage point. So you'll get 13% interest. Wow. That's a great idea. Yeah. So then I, raised, I raised the 60. So I, I then had a hundred and I had 140 plus the profits from the last one. Right. And then I took that. And, and so why would that, a lot of people are always like, oh, well, if I don't have my own money, I can't start. So it, it, you're reaching out to your friends and family and, and they know you, they know you're a go-getter, but, but if they look at that return, why, why does that stand out to them? Why, why are they saying, well, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. They were definitely investing in me. It, it was not, I mean, the money was good. The return was great. But if they had any doubts about me as a person, you know, I have a history of doing what I say I'm going to do. Um, and I would say that's, you know, that's really what you have to bank on is why you have to look at it. Why should they invest in you? And I said, well, I've done this. You know, I did one house. Here's, I ran all the numbers. I did the pretty before and after pictures. Um, and it's worked out well. I still have some of those lenders with me now, four years later. Let's talk about that a little bit more because we like to talk about foundations here. And one of our foundations is your word. So you did one, but you know, for a lot of people, like you give them one thing and they're like, well, you don't really have anything else to back this up, but why were, why is your word? Why was, why is the way you are the reason people um, invested in you? Well, you know, the other thing that I had going for me, I was a mechanical engineer mm-hmm. and I was making over a hundred grand a year. So that was another thing where I was like, look, lend me this money. Lend me $10,000. I promise you if things go entirely South, I'm going to pay you back. I'll go back into engineering, start taking a salary again, and you will get paid first. Um, but oh, by the way, here's why you're not going to lose money because I'm going to buy this house at half of what I'm going to sell it for. And then I'm going to put 20 or 30 grand into it. And there's going to be like a 30% cushion on my numbers. And I had some of my own money in the game, right? Nice. So, yeah. so just for our listeners, what I'm trying to go for is that you know, yes, Keely, tell me what I should be saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm going for is that like, you're an upstanding person. You, before you even got into the real estate game, you were a mechanical engineer. You, whenever you said you would do something, you would actually do it. So the people, when you went out to, to go look for money in your friends and yeah. families, they already knew from the get go that, okay, if Becca says this, I mean, this could be, you know, things could go south, but if Becca says she's going to do this, I'm going to believe her. I mean, that's, that's a, that's something key in this business that a lot of people tend to forget that yeah, you create your own track work. record. And for that point, your track record's there and they understand that you're going to go out there and put your best foot forward. And if you say you're going to work to accomplish something, you're taking those steps. And that, yeah. that's important for people out there, especially you starting out. Like you don't need to cut corners because if you work with an investor and you're going to stay in this game long enough, you're probably going to see that person again in three or four years. And they realize, you know, like, Oh, investor number Number one, he tried to con me on a wholesale and tell me this was a great deal. It's only ten thousand dollars in repairs or something of that magnitude. And when in fact it's sixty, and tried to get around me three years ago. Well, you know what? I'm not going to work with him now. So yeah. creating that framework is very important in this business. Doing your best to to be upfront with everything. Doing if you're going to say you're going to do something, doing your best to, to just do it, and that that will create a long lasting relationship with a lot of people. Whether it's uh, finding deals or raising money. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean that you're like the epitome of that. <laughs> well, Good. I want to also talk to you. <laughs> I also want to talk to you about mindset. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, it's been a month. It's been over a month since uh, Becca. Because yeah, I already passed my 30 day goal and yeah. I met it. <laughs> so what we're talking about is about a month and a half ago, Becca put it out to a group that we're a part of that she wants to get. She wanted to get together for a mini mastermind and. Becca is awesome. It was just the three of us, and we discuss our 30, our 60, and our 90. Maybe you can expound more on that, Becca. What's 30, 60? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this to, to launch into the like no new thoughts theory. Right. This is my theory in investing, and this isn't everyone's theory in investing, but mine is um, I am a really good implementer. That's the thing that I'm good at. I'm good with logistics. So I basically... Um, really ramped up my marketing, let's say last October. And, um, and I just, we joined this group. There were a bunch of great people there. And you know what they all said is um, read books, right? The successful people read books. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> books. <laughs> but fine, if all these successful people say that they're going to read books, then I am going to do that. That's going to be a thing that I do. Can't hurt. And, um, so I just took like the systems of people who were being successful and said, well, if it worked for them, I should at least give it a shot. You know, what do I know? So miracle morning, like, uh, I was, that was a book somebody recommended that I read and, um, it, I was starting to get really burnt out at the end of the day. And I'm sure you guys can relate. (laughs) And I just needed something to like, get me in a better mindset. And so Miracle Morning like changed, you know, my days. And Keller Williams were Keller Williams agents, you and I, and um they're big about time blocking and um the one thing. Right. And I think those those dovetail nicely together. So stepping back and looking at your business and like what are the what's the one thing that I'm going to do today such that by doing it all other things become irrelevant or whatever the phrase is. Um, and I realized that consistently after I got to the point where I hired people, there were like four or five things that I had to do every week that I would, uh, not prioritize and I needed to start time blocking. So like finding my money, making sure I have enough money for projects, um, marketing, what else, you know, meeting with my team. I have like a whole time block schedule. Basically now from... From eight to nine, I do my miracle morning. From nine to twelve, I have one area that I focus on, and then anything else, you know, like we're having this meeting at twelve o'clock because that's when my schedule opened up to do things that were not the one things. Yes. Um, when it comes to like marketing and hiring people, like I have no new thoughts, right? Yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm swamped. I'm doing. I've got four rehabs going. I don't. I can't physically be in a million places at once. Somebody said hire a project manager. I said okay. How much should I pay that project manager? You know, okay, I'm going to do that. You know, couple couple hundred bucks for them to work for 15 to 30 hours a week running around. Worth it. So you don't have to. So I don't have to. Yes. Yeah. So I can find the deal instead of like going to put a sign in the yard. Yes. Right. Cause that takes where I live pretty rural. That takes like an hour just to drive and put a sign in somebody's yard. Um, and you know, like get doing marketing, what phone numbers, what, you know, what call system do you guys use to track your marketing? How many pieces of mail do you send now? What's your response rate? Okay. If I want to get 
How many appointments a week should I be trying for? What does your team, like, I no new thoughts. I just, when I was ready to take a growth step, I looked at whatever that next step was. I found someone who was there and said, I, like I told Andy, I, I'm like, I'm going to throw up my business on you right now. And then can you just tell me what the next step is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're actually talking, she's actually talking about Andy McFarland. We had Andy on the show a few weeks back. He is an amazing mentor and definitely somebody you can throw your business up on and he will come back with the, with like the exact thing you need to do at that moment. And you need to follow his advice. Yeah. But he'll sales you into it. He'll be like, well, what do you think you need to do next? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it's amazing because you, you, you talk about just just creating these systems and really just that that I love it. There is, there is no new thoughts. You don't have to just figure out this this magic thing out there that you're going to have to work so hard to figure out. You, you get yourself in RIA meetings. You get yourself talking to other investors. What are other people doing? Hey, other people are doing something. So if you talk to enough people, you'll find, I mean, there's sites like Bigger Pockets, just wealth of information. Go on there and you can just look around and say, ask a question. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no penalty for asking questions. People respond. You can ask a dumb question. It's okay. Cause it's, uh, you know, you, you just, you're ultimately not going to know something. It's fine. It's okay yeah. not to know something. Ask someone and they're going to tell you what to do and you're either going to like it or you're not. You're going to implement your business and Hopefully it's going to help you. So yeah, congratulations. No new thoughts, guys. Yay. No new thoughts. No new thoughts. I no, I, I think the downside to that is that creativity does spur growth more, right? It, it increases that trajectory. But um, if you don't have that creativity, you know, we, we both know some people who are just incredible business people and they're always thinking, you know, tweaking. Um, I'm, I don't have that ability. So I, I only have the ability to just follow plans. Yeah. Well, that's a, you know that that's a lot. That's an ability more in than... itself. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> my my big problem is I can't stay. I need to focus always better because I am Native. constantly <laughs> some new thing. I'm starting a franchise. Um, you know, I have a beer business. I'm doing too many things, and I just and so when I lock down, and so that that's your mechanical engineer background that that you follow a system, yeah. you stay within yeah. your processes, and that's a whole nother episode within itself <laughs> how to do that. so we'll have you back focus, say, how do you stay focused so. <laughs> actually you know what let's ask now how do you stay focused like how do you not get into like the squirrel mentality squirrel um squirrel squirrel oh uh, well my husband's sitting behind me he would tell you that i definitely have squirrel mentality <laughs> <laughs> um but as far as when the, the business goes i think even in engineering i realized if i had a motto my motto would be do the basics well right so like i if i'm a rehabber at heart and then I start getting into wholesaling and beer brewing and franchising and my rehabs start going to crap. It's yep. like, whoa, pull it back, get back to the basics, do them well, and then start schooling up. Um, during the day, the only way that I, I mean, that people can't see this, but I have a planner and I put everything in a Google calendar, but then, I mean, I, I physically have time blocked out, like lender follow-ups today, marketing tomorrow's marketing and in the evenings I have um family time scheduled from like 5 to 9 p.m part of that is a reminder mentally and part of that is also because I use Calendly to have people schedule themselves into my google calendar so I had to block it off <laughs> 
No, that's, uh, let's talk about time blocking a little bit more. Again, new, no new thoughts. That's a Keller Williams, a Gary Keller mindset yeah. thing. Um, talk more about time blocking and how that will help anybody. Because I've started to do it too, following your direction. And has it helped? It definitely has helped. It, I mean, it's like night and day. Because the, the mindset is if, if it doesn't exist in your time block, if it doesn't exist in your calendar, then it doesn't exist. Right. It shouldn't exist. And what's the like, um, prioritize or schedule your priorities. Don't prioritize your schedule. Yes. So like, put the priorities first. Well, um, the first thing you do when you time block is you put in your vacations first and the things that you want to do, right? Yeah, well, you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like, we have vacations planned. So for me, camping is my huge thing. And I decided last fall, okay. Another Kettler Williams thing, life by design. Um, yes. I realized last fall that camping was a thing that brings me extreme joy. It's a, it's a time to like turn off and get away. So I went and I scheduled one weekend every month this summer to go camping. We're leaving tomorrow. Um, awesome. Awesome. Hopefully to find waterfalls because I love waterfalls. Uh, <laughs> so the, the thing that I realized even before time blocking is, I don't know if you guys realize it, like feel this way, but like I cannot multitask. I just, I can't. No. And you're writing an important, right? Like I have lender, so I'll be writing up promissory notes or whatever and sending it to my attorney for review and my phone will ring. Like I'm in the middle of some important thing and I'm like, I need to take this call from, you know, whoever, my neighbor. <laughs> important. Um, so setting aside that like two to three hour block yeah. and just saying, I'm not going to be reachable. I'm going to turn off my phone. In our team meetings, I, the first thing I say is, all right, everybody, phone's off. Let's get down to business, you know? I like that. But maybe people, some people are good at multitasking, but I think, I feel like that was a big personal epiphany for me. Like, you suck at multitasking. Stop trying to do it. (laughs) I don't think anybody's really that good at multitasking. Uh, I mean, when you read read the one thing, you realize that. But if you just focus on that one thing, then you can get to everything else because everything else isn't as important as that. One. I used to think I was like, oh, I'm accomplishing so much, but actually I was, I was getting a lot of stuff done, but nothing really done great. And so, and that's the big point here is like, okay, great. I'm doing a million things, but everything's just kind of mishmash and sort of done and yeah. done to the T. And that's, that's what you want. You can focus on something, you knock it out. It's off your plate, move on to the next thing. And yeah, that's, that's great. Awesome. Well, let's yeah. talk more about Keller Williams. You're also a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk further about that. Cause we're, Becca and I have that in common. We're both agents with Keller Williams. Um, let's talk more about being a realtor in this investment business. I mean, how do you think being a realtor, um, I guess, expands your business? So I think before I got into it, and I don't know if you guys see this, I, I sometimes feel like there's a tension between investors and realtors, right? Um, like investors think realtors are incompetent and realtors think investors are jerks. <laughs> you know, and um, I remember doing some flips when I first started before I got my license and thinking, I can't believe that that agent just made more money on their commission than maybe my contractor did, right? And yeah. like that didn't seem fair. Um, and so I decided in 2015 that I was going to do all real estate all the time and I was going to learn all the facets of it. I got my license. And I did Ignite with Keller Williams, which is Mm -hmm. phenomenal. They are a great training company. Um, And I realized that there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes. It was kind of my first intro into sales and marketing. Like, 
you know, for every one deal that shows up and it's the same in wholesaling, mm-hmm. you know, there's thousands of marketing pieces, phone calls, appointments to get to that one paycheck. Yes. And it's the same thing for real estate agents um, and a good real estate agent. Uh, now the, the barrier to entry is kind of low, right? So, so it gave me, the thing I really liked was it gave me behind the scenes access to see who the like really rock stars were. And thankfully there's quite a few in my office. <laughs> um, so I started doing it. Like I, I went all real estate all the time. I was going to flip, I was going to list things. I was going to go after people. And then I realized there's so many ways to make money in real estate, but really the only way to do it well is to focus on one Avenue. Yes. Do it, do what they tell you in, in Keller Williams, they millionaire real estate agent. They have a book. It's uh-huh. a blueprint. Do what they tell you to do. Yes. Well, there's actually two books. There's the Million Real Estate Agent and there's the Investor. So just, again, no new thoughts. No new thoughts. Gary and, that, Keller. and that was what Gary Keller was like, like hey, I'm going to get all the most amazing agents and all the most investors in a room together and we're going to talk about you know what works and just give it to you. And write a book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, um, so I do maybe five, I think last year I did eight transactions this year. I'll probably do between five and eight transactions. Um, I do a lot of referring out because I have this kind of more behind the scenes picture. You know, when my friends are thinking of buying or selling, I'm like, Hey, please let me interview some agents for you. (laughs) Let me help you find a great one. Um, they get paid the same. Wouldn't you rather work with the best? Yep. Exactly. Um, well, that's another that's another bonus of being a real estate agent. If you do have those referrals come your way or clients that you can't handle, you yeah. can refer them out and make sure your friends not only get an awesome agent, but you get a referral fee as well for that. Right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very upfront with that. I'm like, I get paid, you get an awesome agent. Exactly. That's great. <laughs> and in my office, um, I just like, I like the energy. I don't know about your Keller Williams office, but I have a best broker. She's a phenomenal businesswoman. I chose the office because I wanted to be around her Mm -hmm. and learn from her. I mean, I'm really, I really subscribe to that. Put yourself around, you know, people doing better than yourself the six arise people you that you're around you know the statement i know the statement i'm sure the, the listeners know the statement right. you're yeah something about five people six people yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so i just like like yesterday we had a sales meeting and i love just going in here what's going on with people and in for as a rehabber it helps me keep my pulse on the market what's happening you know you get to hear those backroom conversations of I can't find anything in this price point. Oh, I just had a, I had a bidding war on the market two days and we got $30,000 over asking price. And, you know, I can't find any four bedrooms in this one town. Oh, that means I have to go into that town and make some four bedrooms, four bedroom houses. No, I get it. Like, like anytime I walk into my office, again, my broker, amazing businesswoman. When I went to talk to her, like I started at another agency, they weren't, they weren't bad. But as soon as I walked into Keller Williams, I was like, this is where I need to be. This yeah. Energy is. Family. Family. Like I felt like everybody like took care of me and still yeah. to this day takes care of me. I don't go in as often as I should, but every time I go in there, I mean, my broker actually handed me our first um, acquisition manager. manager. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I mean, the hiring thing, right? I mean, I had help with that, doing the Keller Williams personality tests. Exactly. Uh, 
there is, yeah, I can't say about it. <laughs> what they tell you to do. <laughs> That's right. Well, going, going with that thought, who are your mentors? If you could pinpoint like the group that you listen to the most, who would you say they are? Um, Andy McFarland, Bill Allen, um, around me directly, my, my broker, I like to talk to her, her name's Therese Brittingham. Um, and then podcasts that I listen to just to kind of get jazzed. Um, there's, you know, there's a couple people who are, are growing. Like I just had lunch last week with a guy named Chad. He's growing a property management company with his partner. They're awesome. They're trying to get me to bring my license over. And I was like, I said, there's nothing much that you could do to entice me away from Keller Williams, except that I would love the opportunity to hang out with you every day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I'd get fired up about that. See, that's why we have Becca on the show today, because Becca is also growing her business and she's working at her business every day. I think I think you had a term for it that we weren't allowed to use. The term was a grinder. <laughs> grinder group. <laughs> but it's true because we're, we're, I mean, you said it before, it's the grit, it's the going out every day and making sure things happen and getting those systems into place and getting your machine working to the point where you can be a little bit more passive. I mean, that's why Jason, and I wanted you on the show because I mean, you invited me out to, to Pennsylvania to like talk with you and sit down with you and make sure my business was taking a step forward and going over that 30, 60, 90. And I mean, that is, that's golden. Setting See? up that accountability. Yeah, yeah. setting up the accountability. So thirty sixty ninety was from the book Traction, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Traction was the first book I read when I started hiring people. And again, like I our weekly meeting, we follow their the plan they put in the book and, and set the thirty, sixty, ninety day goals and the rocks and um yeah. Again, no new thoughts. So with that trend, where where do you see your business going in the next year or in the next five years? Um, it's great because I sat down with a tax guy yesterday and he asked me the same question so I can confidently answer this. Uh, 15 years, my daughters will be in college. So I want to have set them up. Um, I don't want to pay for all their college up front. I want them to go get some loans and then we'll have the option to pay it off afterwards. Um, cause I want them to feel some accountability. And then, uh, previous to that, so like 10 years, I want to have my mortgages and my cars paid off. I want to have debt. I just listened to Grant Cardone's 10X. And one of his, I stole one of his goals, which is like no debt except that which is paid by others, right? Mm-hmm. So like you bought a rental that's cash flowing and paying its own mortgage. Um, I, want, I want a couple revenue streams. I, I love real estate. I'm super passionate about it. Um, I do rehabbing because just making ugly things pretty makes me so excited. I can't, <laughs> as I grow, you know, Bill's like, stop going to your flips. Don't, you know, don't paint anything. I'm like, well, I love to paint. Um, I just borrowed a paint sprayer to paint the, the office at my house. <laughs> brought me so much joy. Um, and so, you know, so 10 years kind of being debt free, bringing in, uh, you know, we figured out what our kind of burn rate is, our net amount of money to live on each year. So I'd like to, to hit that plus um, maybe an extra 30000 so we can do some more vacations and stuff. And then plus another 30000 that I want to give to charity. Nice. And then the rest of it probably reinvest in the business. And um, What's your favorite charities to give to? 
What, sorry? What's your favorite charities to give so, to? Um, Unbound, formerly CFCA, like I've sponsored. Um, when my children were born, I, I picked up kids to sponsor in other countries that were the same age. Um, and uh, Alzheimer's Association, that's kind of a cause close to our heart, and then cancer. So um, I always go to Charity Navigator. I try to spread the money out. But uh, And honestly, you know what I usually end up doing for charity is when somebody has something really bad to them, happen to them, spouse pass away or something, I just find a way to pass some money their way. Yeah. Great. Well, you've given us a, a lot of words to live by, especially we like uh, no new thoughts as a, as a huge uh, <laughs> huge marker for the Do conversation. Do the basics well and no new thoughts. That, yep. Those are my mantras, I guess, now. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, that was going to be our question. Uh, words to live by, but no new yeah. thoughts and do the basics well. Do, do the, the basics, basics well. well. That's Perfect. right. And if people are looking to reach out to you, whether they want to say hi, hear a little bit more about your business, uh, maybe they want to sell you a house, where, where's the best yeah. place to find you? Um, oh, I'm all over the place, man. Uh, Facebook, where my company's name is Laplace Transforms, Becca Shea. Um, or they can email me at Becca, B-E-K-A, at sellyourpahouse.com. Great. Those are the best ways to find me. Email. And you know what else I did? I went to Inbox Zero a couple weeks ago. I archived everything. I didn't even look at it. I was like, if I haven't responded by now. And so once a day, I try to get through all my emails to get to Inbox Zero. So um, uh, That's goals. I don't think I've ever gotten to Inbox Zero. I've been, okay, I've been to like inbox three for a couple of days, but that's really good. That's okay. Yeah, really good. That's okay. Yeah. You, you get I've heard, that. I've heard about that, uh, that marker. I've never actually seen it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, like Mike and Mike, I remember seeing Mike Simmons, uh, another real estate investor, his like pulled up his phone and he, I think he had like 10,000 unread emails. I was like, you're never going to read them. Just just give up on it right now. Yep. Start fresh. Yeah. <laughs> just hit the word, just hit the word red. 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 Just hit red. red. <laughs> red. <laughs> there. Inbox zero. Done. Boom. <laughs> well, do you have anything else for our listeners? Any uh, sage advice to leave us with? Um, no, I'm super excited you guys had me on. Uh, I think my advice to listeners would be, you know, from the grinder group, uh, <laughs> hear all these stories about people who are like, I did my first deal last year and this year I've done 309,000 deals. <laughs> And uh, one foot in front of the other, you know, just you can there's you can achieve success that way. Don't don't get bogged down in it. It's just incremental progress. That's exactly. Well, thank you so much, Becca, for being on our show. Um, so grateful for for being for you to be here. Thank you. We loved thank everything you. here. Cool. So Bye, this is Peely and Jason with the REI Foundation podcast with Becca Shea. Thank you. Hi. Hi, everybody. Peely here from the REI Foundation podcast. Looking to rev up your wholesaling or house flipping business? Go now to houseflippinghq.com. Jason and I are part of a house flipping family, a community created by Justin Williams. Would we be where we are without him and without his community and his mentors? Probably not. Justin and his team basically handed us personalized shortcuts and exact strategies that have made us explode in today's market. So if you're looking to take the next step, 
go to houseflippinghq.com right now. Again, this is Peely from the REI Foundation podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we are so grateful for you. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate. 